At the Cryptid Keeper podcast, we love to laugh at the darkness, but we would never laugh at the rich cultures that explore it, or the unique cultural significance of the creatures explored. The jokes within are on no one but us. We encourage additional research on the subjects covered here, and hope that a comedy podcast is not your primary source of information. Welcome to the Cryptic Keeper Podcast, the podcast for cryptids and their keepers. That's us, and if you're listening, it's you too. I'm not Alex Flanagan, I'm Addison Peacock, and with me I have a guest host for the day, and that is... I'm Bailey Myers. This is my voice, this is what I sound like. Certainly is, Bailey. So, um, Bailey is a friend of the show, officially, I'm saying it now, I guess, <laughs> I've made the call. Um, and where might people know you from? I am uh, the host of the show Goose Drunks, which you can find on YouTube. It's a pretty complex concept. I read a Goosebumps book and I get drunk while doing it. Yeah, it's pretty succinct. You also work uh, adjacent to video games? I do, I do. I work in the video game industry uh, and I am a streamer on the Axis Games official streaming channel. We do stream every Tuesday and Thursday from 3 to 5.30 Pacific time. Oh, perfect. Yeah, we got to get those plugs in at the top because this Truly. is going to go off the rails fast, I think. Everyone <laughs> now knows and we can proceed with the conversation. <laughs> we can proceed with the content. Also, um, follow me on Twitter. I'm funny. <laughs> follow Bailey on Twitter. She's funny. So anyway, I had been kicking this topic around for a little while. I actually kicked it around on Twitter uh, about a month ago. And right around when I did, uh, Bailey texted me and said, please let me come on to talk about this. Um, And that is the subject of Baba Yaga. And if you're not familiar with Baba Yaga, just loosely, she is an old lady from mostly Russian folklore, though iterations of her pop up across the world in several like Eastern European countries. And there are also some variations on her that I'll touch on that pop up in like Japanese folklore. But she's essentially an old lady witch who lives in a house with chicken feet on it. Chicken legs. Chicken legs. Let's, let's not do it a disservice here. It's got a full gam. You're right. She's got <laughs> legs that go on for days, that house. <laughs> but I was first exposed to Baba Yaga. I grew up in small town Virginia, but in a very well-stocked elementary school in terms of books. And we had a picture book in my third grade classroom that was about Baba Yaga. I do not remember much about the story. It just involved like two children encountering her chicken-legged home in the woods and interacting yeah, with that her. Sounds about right. Yeah, and that was the whole story. I just vividly remember the drawing of the hut with the long, long, long chicken legs. I don't mean traditional chicken legs like on a garden variety regular sized chicken. I mean like 10 feet tall. Sure, yeah, cartoon like, chicken legs. Yeah, they're like big, big, big. She's got several stories on this house, but the sto- the first two stories are just chicken legs. I just spat everywhere. I'm so sorry. It's good. It's good um, for like um, preparing for floods. Yeah. So no, it is actually helps keep her <laughs> keep her safe, keep her high and dry. So, uh, what is your experience with Baba Yaga? What's your background? Uh, well, just genealogically, I am Eastern European, Russian, Jewish. So this story has come up uh, across my life. A couple of times, and I've always been really fascinated by it. I never, even as a kid, never really saw her as a villain. Uh, and I never, I, I still don't. I stand by that. That's the kind of take we're here for on this show, just yeah. by the way. She's always portrayed as this, like, horrifying monster witch. And, but every time I read a story, I was just like, no, she's acting pretty reasonably. Yeah. <laughs> like, she, she's right, though. 
Yeah, she says she'll eat people, but she also follows through on her promises, and maybe it's gruesome, but she does what she says she'll do, and then you wind up marrying a czar, so who's complaining? Yeah, exactly. Um, Other than the stepsisters. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) So actually, it's very funny that you mentioned that, because the first article that I wanted to pull up about her is from AnomalyInfo.com. It's just sort of a general folklore overview, and that is, the headline is, Baba Yaga, Man-Eating Grandma Witch of Russia. Yeah, that sounds about right. Man is the emphasis there. Man. Man Man-eating grandma witch. I stand by my opinion that she's just a chaotic, neutral, feminist hero. We'll get into that more. I actually pulled an article before you told me that was your take. I pulled an article that kind of talked about that in the way that we... Talk about old women societally. Yes. We'll have a conversation about this in a second. But first, I want to just hit, like, this very basic over... This very basic overview. Essentially, tales of her started picking up, like... With oral history, you get kind of into a tricky situation because she originated in, I know, she originated in Russia, but it gets a little tricky when you try to trace when it's not been written down. But the earliest written examples we can find of people writing about her, referred to as Baba Yaga, you can find um, stories by Alexander Nikolaevich. Uh, Oh my god. Uh, I went to Russia three years ago. You literally studied abroad there. How can you not Uh, say these names? (laughs) Alexander Nikolaevich Afonsayev. Between 1855 and 1867, he was basically the Russian Brothers Grimm. He wrote all the, like, very dark, creepy fairy tales people used to teach their children not to do bad things. Um, Someone's got to. I know, right? Someone's got to. And so that's the earliest way you can sort of trace the written accounts of her. And then, like I said, she exists in spoken stories dating back God only knows how long. Just, like, forever. She's ancient. She's eternal. She's iconic. But (laughs) she lives in a chicken-legged house that roams the dark forests of Russia, and uh, she, in versions of it, lives in a hut with a fence made of the bones of those she's eaten, topped with their skulls. Oh, those are my favorite versions. (laughs) Aren't those great? I love that, because that's that's our lady whose name we can never pronounce correctly. That's, like, the whole crux of her story. Mm -hmm. No, I love this, because traditional witches fly around on, like, a broomstick... Or maybe a vacuum oh, cleaner. Yep. Yeah, you know about this? That she oh, rides a mortar and pestle of around? Of course I know about this. And it doesn't even fly. No. She uses the pestle as like an oar. Yeah, and like, she like rows around on the forest floor in a giant mortar and pestle. It's very <laughs> ominous, but it's also not. It's like threatening, but it also isn't. Do you know what it's I mean? It's not efficient. <laughs> it is not an efficient it's mode. It's so inefficient that you're like scared just by how crazy it is, yeah. but no, no other reason. And according to the she does have a broom, but she uses the broom to cover up a trail she leaves behind. Yeah, like she sweeps up. Her no, I read a, like a breakdown of that, and they're like, "What else do you use brooms for?" I'm like, "Flying? You're a witch. <laughs> like, do you not have magic, ma'am? <laughs> ma'am, please." <laughs> but she, excuse me. Um, <laughs> Uh, so she either is transported by her giant chicken-legged house that walks around the forest with thunderous steps, Truly. or she pushes herself <laughs> along the forest floor. Story of my life. I, thank so. you so much. <laughs> so, <laughs> so in the uh, in different variations of the story, she can be either pretty good, pretty bad, or as you might say, chaotic neutral. Uh, depending on the story, she is this wise woman of the forest or she's like a trickster goddess kind of figure who traps people in these situations they can't escape or they have to outwit her to get away. And I have some specific variations coming up, but basically there's this idea where she's either like this, you have the wise woman of the forest who 
helps like lost people find their way or gives like the advice or you find if you want to learn about like your future. I'm assuming she knows exactly when and how all of us will die. But she has called me personally to let me know. <laughs> yes. And she uh, or she's like the witch in Hansel and Gretel, Hansel and Gretel. She's any yes. sort of Hansel and Gretel. Hansel and Gretel. Um, <laughs> she's you know how old women are scary. Yeah. Because of their age. Yeah, thank you to the Disney Corporation, by the way, for this Truly, particular. I mean, thank you, fairy tales in general, for perpetuating the idea that youth and beauty equal goodness. This mm-hmm. is demonstrably untrue. Oh, if high school was any indication, this right? is one hundred percent untrue. God. Yeah, no, women don't become more evil as they get older. They just become more tired of men. So I think maybe that's the connection. There is my thinking. <laughs> Exactly. Um, So actually, funnily enough, one of the versions, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but one of the versions I came across in uh, sacredtexts.com, this was a 1903 translation of a folktale from Russia um, published by a name I won't even try to say. You want to go for that? You want to give that a shot? Okay. Oh, Vera. You want to try the last names? No, I don't no? know. All right. Wait, no, okay. No, no, no. I'm going to, I am going to attempt it. Okay. Vera, I'm so sorry if you're listening to this. It would be really impressive because you published your thing in 1903. So, yeah. Vera Zenovantovna Kalamatiano de Blumenthal. There you go. <laughs> um, and again, this is like a really long page one. If you want to find it, though, you can search that if you can even imagine how to type it. It's um, like how it sounds. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> the usual way. But essentially, not dissimilar to a lot of classic folktales, the villain of this is the stepmother sure. who sends her stepchildren out into the woods where they become lost and come across an old woman who is Baba Yaga. Mm-hmm. And she essentially says that if they can, uh, if she, if they can do the task she sets before them, she won't eat them. <laughs> One day I'd love to unpack this European obsession with a woman coming in and marrying a widower, and she's definitely evil for doing that. Mm-hmm. I'd really love to understand what's going on there. We're not going to do it now, but no. it's a thing I'm going to have in the future. No, it's a, it's a reasonable thing to talk about. It's just, it happens across so many cultures, particularly Western cultures, where I'm just like, why are women being demonized for marrying a man who's looking to get married? Yep. Side note. <laughs> I won't like go through like how they 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 basically she gives them like these quote unquote impossible tasks and they right. are clever and they solve them right. and then they trick her and they get away and they go back to their dad who's had new children with the stepmother and they say oh it's been gone a while father dear why dost thou love us less than our brothers and sisters mm. the father becomes angry and he sends the wicked stepmother away and lived a new life with his good children I, okay. Okay. All right. There's a lot to unpack there. No, please. Oh my God. Take a moment with it. First of all, first of all, first of all, he lives a good uh, a life with his good children. So that's implying the other children are not good. No. So he sent them away as well. Yeah, I'm that's assuming his other actual children that he has yeah. that he had with this other woman yeah. that are Gotta his go. real children that he's had. He sends them away because mm-hmm. they're not good. Yep. Because they're not from his first wife. Mm-hmm. And then he sends the stepmother. I I just love the idea that like the stepmother sends them out into a wood the woods for a silly little task and they never come back. The dad's like, what happened to him? The stepmother's like, oh, send them out to do something and they never came back. I don't I don't know. And then the kids come back and are like, yeah, that was stepmom. She did that. And the dad does a whole like, duh, what? Like that whole thing, like a full 
like cartoon dumb person yeah like mm-hmm. double take he does like a I, I love to imagine a spit take there. oh i was gonna do like a it's Russia, like so vodka but oh, yeah. yeah it would just be like all over the stepmother in my ideal like fantasy funny version of this is he does a spit take of vodka on the stepmother <laughs> Like, honestly, in this particular story, as in many of the Baba Yaga stories, the villain is not her. It is just child neglect. It is. It is. Every single time. Look, if you send your children out into the woods and they are eaten by an elderly witch in a chicken house, who is to blame, really? The witch who's just doing what witches in chicken houses do. Eating. Yeah, just eating. We, a girl's got to eat. Women are allowed to eat. Yeah, come on. Um, or, no. I'm clearly on a thing today. No, I love it. I'm not mad about it. It's really good. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think the person to blame in that situation is the person sending the children out into the woods unsupervised. Yes. Frankly, I would go so far as to blame the father. That's like... If you throw your child into a lion, into like a lion enclosure in a zoo and the lion eats your child, who's to blame? The zookeeper who's not feeding the lion. What the hell? <laughs> okay, fair. <laughs> All right. You, you found the secret third ending. Yeah. <laughs> Here we are. Here um, we are. So I want to hop over now. This has a little more variation on her. I want to hop over to oldrussia.net. What is um, there one? Oh, oldrussia.net or yeah. oldrussia? Oh, no. I prepared for this. Like, oh. again, I wanted to rely on my memories because yes. this is a story I've cherished for a really long time, but I also didn't <laughs> want to be wrong. <laughs> no, I respect that. Here's the thing. If you think that I worry about being wrong on this show, then you've got another thing coming. Uh, I mean, I do worry about being wrong, but not enough to, like, double check all of my research. That's impressive. I, I worry about being wrong 24-7. <laughs> this is the only time I'm not worried about being wrong. Haunts me. <laughs> So, some variations on the story. I don't know if you were aware of the fact that she often has iron teeth. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Did not know that until I just was sitting down with this a I couple mean, days ago. Sure. Because older people, their teeth They lose their out. teeth, yeah. But older people who are wicked replace them with weapons. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's exactly what George Washington did. That's what they won't teach you in school. He is a wicked older person. That's what they won't teach you in history class, guys. So... She's also, also traveled around in mortar and pestle. I want to. I want to make that very clear about George Washington across the Delaware in a mortar and pestle, and you cannot tell me otherwise. I don't know how he didn't sink. It was incredible. She has two older sisters in some variations on the story who are both also called Baba Yaga. Yes, I I read an explanation of that where it was literally like just to confuse you. I'm like, yep. okay. <laughs> well, also Baba Yaga means like grandma witch. Yeah, and. I don't think it's any of their names. I think it's just what people call them. Like it's yeah, just they're probably named like. Josephine. Or, I mean, it's Russia. They're probably named, like, Masha. Oh. <laughs> Sonia. Vanya. Yeah, Masha. One, one of the names. One of those ones. A Chekhov character. Just pick one. Yep. She is as thin as a skeleton. There's, like, that. She's hungry all the time. She sure. wants to snack on your children. Sure, sure, yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. sure, sure. Also, like, old, older people tend to get, like, frail and bony. And, like, it's just kind they of do. a... They That's what yeah. happens. You they not your... eat children as a result. But I'm not going to judge anyone's lifestyle choices. Mm-hmm. A bunch of ghosts shrieking and wailing, and a wild wind often accompany her when she is going around on her way. I mean, doing listen, her thing. if you don't like my music, you can just tell me to turn it off. Okay, you know what? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I just want to read this little excerpt describing her hut because it's. Yes. And you've already read this, so. Do it. I'll, you've already read this, but it's fine. Do so, it into the mic. <laughs> Baba Yaga lives in a hut deep in the forest. Her hut seems to have a personality of its own and can move about on its extra large chicken legs. Usually the hunt, the hunt, the hut is either spinning around as it moves through the forest or stands at rest with its eyes to the visitor. The windows of the hut seem to serve as eyes. 
All the while it is spinning around, it emits blood-curdling screeches and will only come to a halt amid much creaking and groaning when a secret incantation is said. When it stops, it turns to face the visitor and lowers itself down on its chicken legs, throwing open the door with a loud crash. The hut is sometimes surrounded by a fence made of bones which help keep out intruders. The fence is topped mm -hmm, with with skulls whose blazing eye sockets illuminate the darkness. Also, when you enter, she does ask you if you came of your own free will or if you were sent. One of these is the right answer. It does not tell me which one. <laughs> Bailey, which one's the right answer? Do you know? Because I don't. If I were to take a if I were to take a little bit of a guess, it would be sent. Yeah, probably. Just based on the stories I know, is the yeah. people who leave Baba Yaga unharmed are the ones who were sent there. By wicked step-parents. This is true. Not the ones who just kind of wandered into her chicken house. Yeah. And like, this seems fine. Like, I get Hansel and Gretel, where they're wandering through the woods and they're hungry children, and they see a house made of literal candy, mm-hmm. and they're too dumb to know what a honeypot is. Yeah. So they're like, yeah, obviously. But this one... If I were a dumb, hungry child <laughs> wandering through the woods, and I saw a house on chicken legs, I would keep walking. Okay, but consider, how hungry would you have to be to... See those chicken legs and think that looks like a snack. Zero. No. (laughs) You have to be zero hungry. Chicken feet are a delicacy in a lot of cultures. I've tried them. I'm not a big fan. Okay. So I can say from experience, no, I would never. No. (laughs) All right. That's fair. She's also accompanied by three horsemen in variations of the story who are like. Yeah. Yeah. Like day and. Oh, God. Day, night, and sun or sun. Now I just closed the page. Basically, there's a black one, a white one, and a red one. And she controls like the whims of nature. Oh, yeah. You know, like all old women do. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, of course. That's yeah. that's what old women do. They go out into the woods and they control the whims of nature. Yes. And we, if your crops are failing, it's their fault. This is what happens when you don't have children. It's like Matilda, where she was so smart but not being challenged, so she developed telekinetic abilities. When women do not have children, they become able to control nature and time. <laughs> it's incredible. We're very talented. I can't wait. I can't wait to be an old woman who controls nature and time. I want to move into a hut in the woods and terrify the village children with my secrets. That's 100% been my goal forever. So you can join me if you want. So I wanted you to know that there is, and this may or may not be like completely related, but it's loosely enough related that it came up when I Googled Baba Yaga sightings because I was very curious if anyone had ever claimed to see her. Sightings? (laughs) Like Bigfoot? Yes. I just wanted to know if anyone had claimed to see her. No, not so much. However, I did find a version of the story that kind of made its way over to the States. Genuinely, how wild would it have been if someone had been like, I saw this old lady. She had a pretty big nose. I think she was Baba Yaga. (laughs) I looked through Reddit. I thought they'd come through, but they didn't for once in my life. Um, Reddit for you. I know. But don't look. I want to just read it. I'm not looking. Okay, good. Brandon Staley on May 12, 2015, wrote this piece. Uh, on PSUVanguard.com called A Very Factual Account of Portland's Most Terrifying Crypt. Specifically, I want to talk about the haunted chicken cart. Now, they reference Baba Yaga. Now, they say it might sound absurd, but reports of a Baba Yaga-like figure in Portland date back as far as the mid-20th century, when Oregon was enjoying an economic and population boom. Sorry, sorry, the mid-20th century? Yes. Like like the the 1950s after television was invented is when we're spotting this cryptid? Continue. Tales of a strange, haggard woman hovering in the (laughs) chair. 
hovering and chanting in dark alleyways, and her wet, throaty cackle were common at it this time. It was me, it was me, I'm sorry. <laughs> Oddly enough, this modern local version of this tale puts the infamous witch in a food cart rather than a hut. Ironically, in most collected stories, the surviving teller is insistent that the cart serves fried chicken exclusively. Okay. Sure, because she's got standards, you know. She might be crazy, but she's not going to serve you crap. (laughs) Now, those who have been lucky enough to have it say the chicken is either undercooked and burnt at the same time, (laughs) or it's delicious. So it's either, like, amazing, or it's the worst chicken of all time. I mean, truly, have you been on Yelp before? That's basically what they always say. It's true. The quality rarely depends on customers treat her, on how customers treat her, but seems dependent on her whims. Yeah. Yeah. No, that seems correct to me, and I have no arguments there. <laughs> there's no there's no agreed upon location of the cart. It's no. prone to disappearing at will. It's or just l- a food truck. It's just a food truck. <laughs> it's just a food truck run by a witch. It's just kind of a mediocre food truck with questionable quality. Like, what do you want? <laughs> Owned by a witch. <laughs> no, you have to know that she hovers and cackles. You do need to know that. Listen, I have been to many food trucks. If I were to tell you none of them did that, I'd be lying. <laughs> So that's that's Bobby Haga in Portland. She has a food truck there now. Seems about right. It sells either really good or really bad fried I mean, chicken. I mean, frankly, that is the Portland version of Baba Yaga, correct? Like, no, yeah, it is. That's a hipster Baba Yaga. <laughs> no, you're correct. I've been to Portland. I've seen the vibe. That's it. That's I've, what it is. I've never been to Portland. I'm going to take your word for it. Please Thank you. Do. Okay, Please perfect. Do. Portland's great, though. It's, oh, yeah? It's a lot of fun. It's Excuse me. Strange. This website. And there's a lady with a chicken cart, and maybe it's bad. <laughs> and maybe she's a witch? Either way, you should still go. Mm-hmm. Uh, so listverse.com, because uh, if you listen to the show, you should know by now that I love a listicle. I really, really do. The thing about listicles is they make money because people click on them. We like to pretend we don't, Mm -hmm. but we all fall for it. None of us are smarter than a good little clickbait listicle headline. Mm -hmm. Let he who is without sin cast the first stone. All right. Everyone's read listicles. Yes. I won't be. I will not be intimidated out of it on my own podcast. Last browser histories, my friend. That's true. So I want to talk about this entry on listfirst.com talking about different Folk tales from Russia. This is talking specifically about the affiliation between Baba Yaga and Koshke the Deathless, or Koshche. I don't know how to say it because my Russian is bad. Um, I would almost venture to be Koshke. Yeah, Koshke, which is very similar to the Russian word for cat, if that's the case, which is Koshka. <laughs> I wouldn't but, be shocked if that was related. I yeah. Don't know. Koshka is the Russian word for cat, if any of you wanted to know the only Russian word that I still remember. Uh, the Russian words I know are Dasvidanya okay. Anastasia. <laughs> so, okay, so you know what? I don't feel bad anymore. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm literally descended from there, and I'm like, mm, I just remember from the cartoon. Okay, the linguistic connection is not to cat. It's because the Russian word for bone is kost. Oh, so, a little more sinister. Yeah. Also, where are people naming cats after bones? <laughs> think about that. <laughs> really makes you think. <laughs> so one of her many allies is Koshke the Deathless, a.k.a. Koshke. I'm just going to go with that pronunciation, yeah, and my it. Russian listeners will let me know that I'm wrong. Um, the Immortal. Just no tweet one... directly at Addison as no, much as you can. Don't tell them that. <laughs> so this is, no one knows exactly what this person or this figure looks like, but it's believed that they may be some sort of skeleton because of the Russian word for bone being cost. So they have the, they're an evil demon or a wizard that has the power of the weather, can summon wind storms. We talked about this, whirlwinds. 
and uses that ability to emit screams and cries like sound of like, have you ever heard a tornado and it sounds like a freight train? No, because I lived on the coastal states. <laughs> okay, fair. Um, <laughs> I've never seen a tornado in person, knock on wood, but uh, we had to watch a lot of videos. Exactly. Um, thank you. About natural disasters <laughs> in elementary school and tornadoes sound like a like an oncoming train are like they, they sound like a even remotely similar to the wizard of oz because that's my one instance of being like yes that's what i mean they pick things up like. off the ground and they have like fast wind and we'll just wreak havoc on your kansas they farmhouse genuinely seems so terrifying just a very quick sidebar about no, yeah, do tornadoes it. tell me about yeah. i am deathly afraid of them i've never once lived in a state affected <laughs> by them not even once <laughs> i'm like they're the scariest natural oh, no, disaster. Yeah. I have lived in California with its earthquakes and mudslides and fires and whatever. And uh, no, a tornado still scares me because it just feels like weather got a gun all of a sudden. (laughs) Yeah. No, it raises the stakes to a degree that shouldn't be acceptable. Yeah. It just there's a precision to it that I find uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Let's continue about after my fear of tornadoes. All right. Well, speaking of tornadoes, um, this guy can create tornadoes. Um, Ah. Sorry. Also, his voice can be charming when necessary and can even lull people to sleep. Perhaps he uses this when he kidnaps young women, a habit for which he is well known. I was going to say story of my life and then it took a turn. No. And then... I want to just bring this up because I want to say, and we say Baba Yaga's the villain. Yup. Now, to be fair, she is friends with this guy. Okay. Like, we're all, all, we're all friends with some questionable dudes sometimes. Yeah, it's, it's, we've all been there. But most legends state a person can only kill Koj K. I'm just going to keep trying it by- Our little K friend. This guy, the guy. By K-boy. The boy. Tornado man. Tornado man. Yes, that's mm -hmm. what he deserves. By breaking the magic needle that stores his soul. (gasps) The needle is hidden within many other items and is buried under the ocean. Sure. So good luck. Under the ocean. Under the ocean. Well, that's very deep down. Like in the ocean floor, I'm imagining. So good luck, guys. Very, very deep down there, huh? So good luck. Um, so I wanna hop over I think to it's another doable. Thing. Mm-hmm. One more thing about the actual like spoke stories, and then I actually want to take a little sidebar and talk about the thing I know you've been itching to talk about since nope. we started this. Yeah. What? What are you no? talking about? No, I have nothing to talk about. I don't no, know of course you're, you're right. About. Um, so first of all, do want to yeah. This is a separate thing. Just wanted to go ahead and say that, and I would defend myself every time I do this. Whenever I cover something on this show that is not technically a cryptid, I use this to prove why I should be allowed to. There is a page on the cryptids wiki for Baba Yaga, and it is just exactly what I've already talked about. It bothers me that it's not called the Crypt Key, but continue. No, it's okay. It's cryptids with a Z. Does that make it better? No, it should be called Cryptikedia. (laughs) Really? Because you had trouble saying it. Yeah, it doesn't roll off the tongue, but I stand by what I said. It's okay. You know what? It's fair and I respect it. Um, I just really wanted to really quickly talk about Yama Uba, who is uh, the mountain crone in Japanese mythology. Sure. I was going to say that doesn't sound like Western no, mythological yeah. creatures. It's not. I, it's specifically like uh, another iteration of sort of the old crone figure in folklore. And specifically, I found out more about her because there's an article. I won't read the whole thing. It's long, but uh, and I don't want to just sit here and read to you. But on JapaneseMythology.wordpress.com, the person who runs that blog actually wrote a very thoughtful and well-researched piece about Japanese mountain crones and the overlap between that and stories like Baba Yaga and like adjacent kind of Eastern European witch stories. And basically the recurring imagery of the old magical 
angry woman or whatever you want to kind of a woman that is villainized and old and magical in folklore and stories. And basically, uh, if you're familiar with yokai, that's Japanese, like the whole kind of subset of Japanese ghosts and ghost stories. And she, I actually didn't remember that I had been part of this, but it's going to let that go. (laughs) That's okay. Let me, it lets me. It's good to, you know, gather my thoughts. It's good to admit when you don't have something, you know, it's, it's good to be honest with you. Thank you. You're welcome. Anytime. So um, there is an entry for the, uh, the Yama Uba on yokai.com, which I've used before on the show. It's just kind of a fun wiki that compiles different Japanese folk, folk tales and ghost stories. Um, but I actually, when I was in middle school, <laughs> was in a theater workshop that covered theater throughout history. So we did Shakespeare and we also did like Commedia dell'arte and covered all these kind of um, very new or unusual methods of theater for an eighth grader to be covering. And we did a unit on no theater, which is, mm. yeah, Japanese theater. Uh, we did that in my theater class, too. Yeah. The amount of children who were actually of Asian descent yeah. in that class while we were doing that was um, none. Hey, none, hey, none big same, them. big same. Yeah. Um, but we did a small workshop production of The Old Woman of Obasute, uh, which is a story about this old lady and i don't remember much about the play but when i was reading this i went oh that's what that was i shouldn't maybe have been doing that but i did it's uh, good to learn about other cultures it is and we'll just it is there so um this is yama uba she is also known as the mountain hag or the mountain crone uh generally the, the, these are broken down in a very fun way to me so you've got Habitat, isolated huts or caves deep in the mountains. They're broken down like a trading card. It's very fun. No, I really love this. It's like a, like a rainforest frog. Yes. Like we're just learning what trees she lives in. Diet. Generally <laughs> eats human food, but will cook anything available. Leaves and sticks. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Appearance. Old hags and witches of the Japanese mountains and forests. Yamauba were once human, but were corrupted and transformed into monsters. Oh, feminism. Yeah, they usually <laughs> appear as kind old ladies. Some sport horns or fangs, but most often they look like ordinary elderly women with no sign of their evil nature until they attack. Huh. <laughs> Hmm. It's almost like they're just hmm. old ladies. It's almost like they're just older women who are tired of you bothering them, <laughs> Kevin. <laughs> they just want to read a book and be left alone. Jeez. Just check. Yeah, do it. Perfect. Love it. Doing good? Um, oh, yeah, doing great. So, love that, whatever that is. All right. You know, I live in a place with sound. They live alone in huts by the road, occasionally offering <gasps> shelter. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Bailey lives me. in a hut by the road. That's me. Also, the chicken leg should have tipped you off. Yeah, you're right. Oh, my God. <laughs> Just so you know, when I came up to Bailey's apartment, I had to walk past two very large chicken legs. They were resting, but they were prominent. <laughs> um, anyway, they do live alone in huts by the road, offering shelter, food, and a place to sleep for the night to weary travelers. Hmm. Late at night, when their guests are fast asleep, they transform into their true shape. Sure. An, an old demonic witch and try to catch and eat their guests, often using powerful magics. Yeah, I get scared when women take their makeup off, too, but I don't write short stories about it. I know. Frequently told as bedtime stories to disobedient children. <laughs> what a surprise. So... Origin. Sometimes they're created uh, when women accused of crimes or wicked deeds flee into the wilderness and live out their lives in exile, transforming gradually over many years. So it sounds like you were mean to a woman and then she got angry in the woods. (laughs) (laughs) 
In some cases, though, their origin can be explained by an old custom from times of famine or economic hardship. When it became impossible to feed everyone in the family, oftentimes families had to make a hard choice. Remove one family member so that the rest can survive. Often this was the newly born or the elderly. Some families left their grandmothers deep in the woods and left them there to die. Oh my God. No wonder they built huts. Yeah. So these abandoned women, either out of rage or desperation, transformed into horrible monsters who feed on humans and practice black magic. Now let me take a second really quick. Uh I talk about this on the show a lot. If the monster is created by you doing something terrible to them, then they are not the monster you are. Yes, we've all read Frankenstein. Yes. Okay, no. Not just that, but specifically you have like... No, you're right. It's a well-worn trope. And frankly, the idea that you leave an old woman alone long enough and she'll turn to witchcraft and evil (laughs) is also pretty like well-worn as a trope. But again, you know, the fairy tales themselves are written by... Not the old women left in the woods. No, not really. So maybe often by the sons doing the leaving. Mm-hmm. It's a lot easier to position them as well. They turned into a monster than you as. Oh yeah, I abandoned my mom in the deep woods because I'm not good enough at woodworking. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't grow enough corn, so I yeah. took my nana out to the forest and I left her there alone. Yeah, like my dude, it's the 1700s. You just have to be okay at your trade. We're not dealing with modern economic crises here. That's true. The job market's not that saturated yet. You're the one blacksmith in your town. Yeah, just make a sword, my man. So I want to hop over to the little introduction uh, for a conversation I'd like to have uh, and to let you just kind of let you off the leash, so to speak. Oh, no. No, it's fun. It's good. So there is a little um, short essay from the dangerouswomenproject.org, which is already something I love very much. I I had read it before this, but yes. No, it's perfect. Called Writing with Baba Yaga. And it is uh, from January of 2017. It is by Kate Feld. want to make sure I just... Uh, really cite my source here and give her the credit yes, she deserves. Yes, her Twitter good. is at Kate Feld, and she's a uh, creative nonfiction writer, and she's writing a series of essays on womanhood identity and the unconscious. So now I'm just going to read directly from her little piece here. One of the best-known characters of Slavic folklore, Baba Yaga, is a terrifying crone, a nature spirit who can be both good and evil. Savage, bony, ravenous, and wise, she travels around in an enchanted mortar and pestle, sweeping away all traces of her passing with a broom. She lives deep in the forest, in a hut that moves around on chicken legs. Sometimes it's surrounded by a fence made of human bones. She is always accompanied by a shrieking wind and has a host of supernatural servants at her command, including a pair of disembodied hands. She is deeply ambiguous, possessing her own unknowable agenda. Seek her out, and she might help you, or she might grind your bones in her mortar and pestle. In this piece, I wanted to explore the way women are perceived as threatening if they do not perform the work of softening their countenance and their words. There are very few empowered roles for older women, particularly those with no child-rearing role, to play in the accepted narrative of public life. Mostly, they are made invisible. Here, Baba Yaga represents an older woman with wisdom and agency who rejects that invisibility, who does not care what men think of her. In our culture, what could be more dangerous? So here's the actual piece here. Big agree, though. Baba Yaga sits next to me on the bus. Bitchy resting face. I saw a mug that said, I'm not angry. This is just my face. I wanted to give it to her for Christmas, but she doesn't celebrate Christmas. 
I want a mug that says Baba Yaga is my co-pilot or WWBYD, what would Baba Yaga do or team Baba Yaga. You're supposed to remember to keep your facial expression within comfortable parameters. When you're a girl, you begin learning how to plane down edges and embody the soft landing. Lately, I'm losing my touch. Sometimes it's captured on camera and I am made to confront what you see. Dark brow thunderhead Medusa eyed showing white at the edges like a spooked mare. That woman is terrifying. I feel mild regret for my existing client base, but I can no longer create the expectation that a certain level of service will be provided to you glance-wise or even conversationally. Yes, inside my face also, there is some new trouble. You have bitten your tongue so habitually and with such force that there is nerve damage, and we're sorry to inform you that you will never regain full sensation. Now every time I start to bite my tongue, Baba Yaga jabs me in the delicate flesh of my belly with her mortar, or is it a pestle, and I open mouth and speak. My stomach is ringed with a belt of bruises. My words sow consternation, bitter fruit that will never ripen, loamy rose slaked with rock salt. I will tell you candidly, there is a modicum of shunning. No one wants to sit next to Baba Yaga on the bus except me. I've gotten used to the sharp scent of my monster mother. Do you find it so unpleasant? Baba Yaga pursues her own agenda, which is inconceivable. Maybe there is a rationality to it in the end. A Russian joke in which the punchline takes a very, very long time to come finally arriving when all the listeners have long ago stopped paying attention and wandered off, grown old, and died. Only then she laughs. She got so tired of hearing me whine about becoming invisible that she turned both of us really invisible for a day. You have to crouch at uncomfortable places so no one sits on you. Only stupid people dream of being invisible. Here's a secret spell for conjuring Baba Yaga. 1. Fill a tin pot with nine days' snow. 2. Pluck the first silver hair from your own head. 3. Procure a half-rotten carrot and hit yourself hard in the face with it because you cretin, no one commands Baba Yaga. She comes or she does not. I stopped painting my nails. Then I stopped filing them. See here, it looks like they are growing into sharp points. Would you say they could pierce your skin? Wait, if I am to be terrifying, then let me be really terrifying. I will be the best at terrifying. And that's the essay. Oh my gosh, I feel like I have sat in on a really excellent short story reading that was so good i love it so much anyway i didn't want to edit anything about that i just wanted to read from it no Um, it's just excellent i totally get that impulse mm -hmm. and that is again that is by kate feld and it's published on dangerouswomenproject.org i love that i love that so much it's a really good piece of writing i know i'm very sweaty (laughs) i know i'm very sweaty i'm sorry it's really hot in my apartment (laughs) it's perfect uh but i'm also i want to pretend it's also because i'm fired up and i want to talk about we are all fired up huh I know. I want to hear. I want to just. I want to let you go. I give you a popsicle, but I feel like it wouldn't be good for the audio. No, it wouldn't. It would not be good for the audio experience. (laughs) I do have popsicles for after. I'm gonna have a popsicle after. It's (laughs) just like Baba Yaga would. (laughs) She would. She would want me to have a popsicle. Yep. This is becoming my personal (laughs) mantra. I'm. I'm. I'm taking it in. Baba Yaga would want me to have a popsicle. Oh no. Just what would she want? What would she want for me? I think that very specific one should be the thing, though. I think that should be the catch-all. And I hope you all have a popsicle after this, because Baba Yaga would want yeah. you to. Whatever your proverbial popsicle is, please have it. Baba Yaga wants it. And if, sh- if you don't do it, she'll be upset. <laughs> and she will eat your children. Yes. Um, I will say she probably wouldn't want a popsicle specifically, uh, because those Russian winters get real cold. But, okay. <laughs> It's hot here. That's true. It is hot here. If she were here in California, she'd be like a popsicle, please. Yeah. So anyway, (laughs) that was a weird sidebar after a very powerful moment. 
We we all need we need to decompress for a second. You can't really follow up a powerful moment with another powerful moment. Sometimes sometimes I get too uncomfortable with genuine emotion and I have to say something ridiculous. Oh god, what's that from? That was just me saying it. That was just you saying that? <laughs> no, oh, I cool. thought I had heard that in a television show. Man, I related to it very hard. So there we are. <laughs> That's just from my brain. That's just from your brain, huh? Thanks. Aw, Addison. <laughs> but I do think that opens the gateway to something I've wanted to talk about on here for a long time. And it's such a pleasure to have you with me to talk about it. And that is, oh, wow, do we like to pretend as a culture, going back as far as I can even possibly imagine, that when women are past the age of like classical attractiveness and like, quote unquote, marriage ability or like breeding age or whatever gross euphemism you want to use for it that they cease to be worthwhile or even become actively bad yeah and we see that in the story of the witch you see it over and over and over again what is the wicked what is she a stepmother yeah in snow white what does she do when she's doing her evil deeds but become an old crone with a basket of apples Mm -hmm. what is the telltale sign of a villain in most disney films from like actually even now still uh, the only exception I can think of is the witch in Brave. And Jafar. Yeah. The witch in Brave <laughs> is like the catalyst for things going down, but oh, she's and, not and the also villain. Scar. Oh, yeah. Oh, I thought no. we were just talking about attractive villains. Oh. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Scar is so hot. I thought you were specifically like, the witch from Brave is really hot. No, 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 no. I mean, specifically the like crone imagery. That's the first time it hasn't been an overt villain. Because yeah. she's like the catalyst for the bad thing that happens. But she's not the she's not a villain. She's just doing her thing. No, yeah. She's um, just an incompetent magician. They established yeah. that pretty well. But otherwise, I love Brave. I love Brave, too. But when you go back further, you do see that recurring idea of youth and beauty equals good old and unattractive not even ugly per se just like what we've decided is ugly equals yeah old equals old women just having had experienced the passage of time yeah let me how dare she let me specify in fairy tales old men are sometimes bad but a lot of the time they're just wise and helpful old women are evil yeah occasionally they're rumpelstiltskin but most of the time they're very good i don't think rumpelstiltskin's even old i think he just has a beard oh yeah that's fair he's <laughs> just he has a beard and he's cranky yeah, i think he's just <laughs> angry and bearded um, but i I, I'm very curious. You opened this by saying you think that Baba Yaga is a chaotic, neutral feminist icon, and I would just really like to hear your thoughts about that. I mean, frankly, yeah. you could call her chaotic neutral, but I started out being like chaotic good, and I'm kind of leaning back toward that All as right. we talk. I want to I wanna, I wanna hear your thoughts on this. Because I think she follows a really clear moral code where if you're a good person, she doesn't punish you for that. She maybe makes you do a couple insane menial tasks to prove that you're willing to work for what you want, to prove that you're a hardworking person or whatever else she needs to know about you. But in the end, it's the wicked people in the Baba Yaga stories who get punished, mm-hmm. and it's not the good people. Yeah. They, they are typically rewarded to the point of, in some cases, becoming the Tsarina. Like, it's, yeah. it's, it's not the good people who are gobbled up by her it's she doles out punishment to those she deems wicked so it's she follows a moral code of her own and she leans toward good so i wouldn't Mm -hmm. even call her chaotic neutral i would call her chaotic good she just follows her own moral code and i think it falls very much in line with a moral code that one would call in modern day feminist yeah and i do think also as you're even talking about the fact that in one of the stories like if you're not familiar 
in one of the Baba Yaga stories, <laughs> it ends up with a girl becoming royalty, mm-hmm. essentially. And it's like the main one. Yeah, it's like the main one. Okay. It's not the one that I read in my third grade classroom, but it is no. the main one. It's like the big one. It's the it's their Cinderella. It's, I was uh, just about to say it's the Cinderella story. And it's not lost on me that there's no reason why the fairy godmother in Cinderella shouldn't look like a witchy type of lady, but they just didn't they didn't go with that. And it's not that's the went, impact of that's not lost on me. They went for a more harmless older woman archetype where she's jolly and sexless. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Now, I do want to say, just just going with the linguistic implications of what you just said, you are implying Baba Yaga is very sexy. Oh, I mean, I can't not say that. Listen, I'm not going to strip an old older woman of her sexuality. Women only reach their sexual prime in their 60s. That's No, it's true. Honestly, yeah, I hope that Baba Yaga has a rich, romantic, and sexual life in the woods and that she's doing great. Why wouldn't she? She's an unmarried lady in a town full of just weird older men wandering through the woods giving out wisdom. Oh my god, and you know what else? She doesn't even have to worry about people coming to her. Her house has legs. Yeah, she can meet you wherever. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. She can commute to you and I, no one's commuting. It's really remarkable. I just had the most, and it's the dream. I just had the most incredible mental image of Baba <laughs> Yaga sat inside like a Russian bar. She's had a couple, she's slung back a couple vodkas and she's with some older gentleman or older lady or anything. Mm-hmm. I don't know her sexuality. Mm-hmm. And and they're like, oh, my place or yours? And she's like, my place. And, and they say, okay, where is your place? And she says, it's parked right outside. I love that. I also think you could do that with just an RV, but... I know, but her says, okay, but... They go outside and they see, like, coiled giant chicken legs. Mm-hmm. I do prose- protest the idea of Baba Yaga ever going to a bar. I feel like she, her fair. house is well-stocked okay, with correct. the car. Okay, that's fair, but also, how else is she going to meet people? I mean, Tinder? I don't know. <laughs> how do you meet people? I don't know. Tell me. I don't know. If I knew, do you think... If I knew, don't you think I'd tell you? God, I hope you would. Yeah. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, the way you meet people is you roll through town in a mortar and pestle and you wait for someone to talk to you. As far as I know, you stand in the town square and you scream, I'm single until the czar notices you. <laughs> and that's the, and if, if, excuse me, if you can leave the show with any lesson today, I hope that that's it. <laughs> that you stand in the town square and scream, I'm single till the czar notices you. Or... I mean, if you really want to marry up, you wander around in the woods until you spot some chicken legs on a house. And when the old woman answers the door, you're respectful to her and you do what she asks and you're nice and polite. And maybe you bring her a housewarming gift or like a hostess gift. No one will ever be upset at a hostess gift. Exactly. I'm just going to throw that out there. Children who are lost in the woods should always bring presents in case they encounter witches because then the witches will be like, you seem chill. Exactly. The only (laughs) exception is probably like a Hansel and Gretel type witch Mm -hmm. who was already like trying to lure children to her to do bad. The original honeypot, Exactly. Um, But a witch like this that's clearly putting up some boundaries to Mm -hmm. keep away people unless they really, really want to talk to her. If you finally show up, you better not waste your time. Can I just say about the Hansel and Gretel witch really fast? No, this is not our topic. No, I don't mind. But I feel like I would fall for that. Yeah. I feel like that's a trick I would fall for. I feel like I would eat the house and I think she would invite me in and then eat me. I feel that very confidently Mm -hmm. because there are multiple times in my life when I've seen something Mm -hmm. and been like, this feels like a Goosebumps style trap where (laughs) if I wander into it, 
like they're going to steal my soul or try to or whatever. And I just do it anyway. <laughs> like, I'm like, but it's clearly made for me. So, like, I'm just flattered and no, I'll just go for it. You're correct. Honestly, I think I've known since I was a very small child that if I was ever in the woods and saw a house made of candy, that I would immediately begin to eat the candy house. Yeah, honestly, what are the odds it's a witch? Yeah, I mean, they're very good, <laughs> Bailey. The odds are, in fact, very, very good that it's a witch. Okay, well, but kind of not so bad that it's not. I, you could just have a bite and then run. Like, you don't have to go inside. My other issue that I would like to raise is if it's not a witch with a way to keep the candy house, like, undisturbed, mm. that is the most unsanitary thing you have ever mm. encountered. Eve made a good point. I don't know. I've touched money before, so. <laughs> it's true. I mean, it's pretty filthy. But did you eat it? Only when I was really hungry. Okay. <laughs> oh, I'm just like awash in a sea of chaotic energy right now. But essentially. That's yeah. how this podcast is going. I hope you don't mind. Oh, it's kind of how it always goes, to be completely honest with you. It's it, it's what it is. Like, it's exactly what it says on the tin. And the tin says it's weird in here. Well, like, the so, witch is chaos. I identify with the witch. That's the energy I'm bringing. Oh, no, absolutely. And here's the other thing about, uh, here's the other thing about, about the witch. Um, like. I think we talk about survival tips on this show a lot. Not always, because with many things, the survival tr- the survival tip is just like, mind your business, worry about yourself. And I think yeah. in this one, one, yes, but also like, just be nice to old ladies. Yeah. Like, you know, you know, in Beauty and the Beast, how the prince got cursed because he was just mean to an old woman for no reason. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. a lot less people in fairy tales would get cursed if they just started respecting old women. I mean, that's true, but if I am gonna be... I know he was a child and then... I know. But also, I know he was a child and she was a stranger. I'm not the best, like, but, example, but all right, Edison. What about the new one where he was an adult man that then got frozen in time? Are you talking about Beastly from 2011? <laughs> no, I'm talking about... I wish. <laughs> no, I'm talking about... Uh, she wasn't old. It was Mary Kate Olsen. <laughs> I know. She just has seen a lot. I know. She's just a really weathered 17-year-old. <sighs> no, I am talking about the uh, Emma Watson uh, Beauty and the Beast, wherein they established that the prince was an adult man who was mean to an old woman That's and then was good. trapped in like a time I hadn't, freeze. I hadn't seen it. It's fine. Uh, it's fine. I ugh, I was just like I don't I'm not a big fan of the live action Disney movies. This is my mm-hmm. hot take for the podcast. Oh, it's fine. It's welcome here. Good. I don't like them, and I think it's also silly to pretend. Just gonna throw this one out there that the Lion King remake is not animated. It is. It's just a different style of animation. Yeah, it's just CG, you guys. That's animation. If you're not filming a literal lion doing what you want it to do. That's called animation. Which, by the way, sidebar, we've just completely gone off the rails. But initially, when I, when I heard the words live-action Lion King, I thought they were going to do a Homeward Bound style thing where they filmed actual lions and then like had a voice actor just talking over it. Okay, I and I would have been so happy. I would have been here for that. Except it would have been very hard to film some of those really traumatic scenes with the lions and not put the lions in some peril. Hmm. No, Long live right. the king. That could be the CG part. The yeah. parts where they're happy, it can just be normal lions. <laughs> I'm fine with that. Just just when they're, you know, harmlessly playing with a ball or something. That can yeah. be a normal lion. Exactly. So honestly, <laughs> eating a snack. 
to bring it back, to bring it back to bring it back and wrap it up to bring it back and wrap it up if there's anything I can leave people with today uh, it's just that I think that we need to sort of change the narrative so to speak with fairy tales and perhaps raise this next generation of children to believe that like instead of being inherently evil maybe or even inherently resources to grant you wishes maybe just teach them that old women are just people yeah I mean f- frankly not to you know I know you're ending it no so it's I okay just, not to come in with another really wild hot take in here but Ooh, I think spicy take let's yep, go I think a lot of the times we'll like look at say a famous person who appears to be quote-unquote aging well and say this is what happens when you're not problematic oh yes 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 and I think that that is a uh, misguided of just an, an effect of these fairy tales that equivocates wickedness with ugliness Mm -hmm. and i think that there are many examples in this world of young beautiful people being awful oh being horrible just really truly the worst and to equivocate that in modern society and look at an actor it's always an actor it's never an actress to Mm -hmm. look at an actor and be like he's aging great when i mean let's be perfectly honest he absolutely has had just really good work done but Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter the point is whether or not he has a person's goodness is not tied to how aged they are. And yeah. I do think also there's something to the idea that Baba Yaga is just an older woman minding her business alone in the woods, just not kowtowing to the patriarchal society from which she has sprung. And the fact that she's been villainized for it is something that I think we still see in modern society. And that's my very hot take. There you go. No, it's perfect. And I love it. And I'd like to add a final pin in that, which is to say that uh, we need to remove the idea that aging well means not showing signs of aging. In my opinion, aging well just means you're continuing to be alive. Yeah, aging aging well means that you're uh, reconsidering your previous biases and becoming less racist, grandmother. Exactly. (laughs) Aging well is adapting to the society you're in as you grow older and just continuing to be alive in a harsh and uh, difficult world. It has nothing to do with how you look. And that's, I think, yeah, gonna. Um, Bailey, you have anything you'd like to plug specifically? Well, I think we said it right at the top. But yeah, if you want to if you want to see me make more hot takes about horror topics that are maybe a little less classic, you can find me at YouTube.com slash Goose Drunks. It's exactly how it sounds. (laughs) <laughs> it's great. I will say I met Bailey because I was a fan of this content uh, and then Twitter and then friendship. Hooray. Yeah, no, if you um, ever want to play a drinking game while reading horror children's novels, you can find me there. Absolutely. And uh, can you, you know, plug your socials real fast? Oh, yeah. Uh, you can find me uh, at Bailey Myers on Twitter and at Bailey versus Predator. It's so good. On Instagram. I, I'm so sorry. I sacrificed ability to find it for the pun. It's a good pun. But I think I'm searchable, hopefully. It's a good <laughs> pun and we respect it. Thank you. So <laughs> that's going to do it. Um, no, we will have a regularly scheduled episode back for you on Sunday. Back with um, Alex will be joining us again. And also, as a reminder, you can find us in Chicago in July, on July 6th for our live show. Uh, you can find info on that on the Twitter page. And tickets are still on sale, I believe. They're not sold out yet. So uh, if you go to our Twitter, that is at CryptKeepPod, C-R-Y-P-T-K-E-E-P-P-O-D, you can find live show information. And yeah, that's all of that. Uh, you can send us an email if you have a uh, story or a comment, or there was a period of time when people were sending me pictures of their very large, like, Maine Coon cats, and I would still like to have more of those if you've got them. Uh, and that's the same as our Twitter, just at Gmail. <laughs> and 
Yeah, as always, uh, we hope we can keep you around and stay safe out there. Studio. Pretty, witty, and gay.